Hello everyone, welcome to Reservations. I am your host, Rain Whalen, and I'm joined by my good friend, George. Hello. And um, today, before we get started, uh, it's kind of bittersweet because George is actually leaving next week to move to Seattle, or Washington, I should say, to be uh, to be with his girlfriend. And so I figured, you know, with, with an end of an era coming, uh, well, and if anyone doesn't know, me and George are really, really close friends who had too much fun at Best Buy. Way too much. Uh, but anyway, so considering it's an end of an era, we figured, you know what? How about we talk about Marvel? And with it now being about uh, roughly two weeks since Endgame came out, I think it's safe to talk about spoilers and yeah, stuff the like that. Bend, uh, the, the spoiler ban got lifted. Yeah, yeah I think so. So uh, we're going to discuss uh, Marvel and kind of our favorite movies and really like the impact that Marvel has done to the superhero genre as a whole. So, uh, hope y'all enjoy. Um, do you remember, uh, when the first Iron Man movie came out? And I was like really young. So I just turned 20 in April. Uh-huh. So what was that? 2008 that Iron Man came out? Yes. So I was nine years old. So I was, uh, it was 11 years ago. I was 15. Golly, man. Yeah, I, I mean, I remember it, but I was still kind of young, so I didn't. I wasn't like super interested. In it. I just thought it was kind of neat. Yeah, I um, I didn't know what to expect because, like, I had seen comic book movies up until that point. Mm-hmm. You know, there was. Uh, I know there's the first Spider-Man movie. Yeah, the Sam Raimi's. Yeah, I know. Uh, I want to say that it was on Spider-Man 2 by that point. I might be wrong. Mm. Spider-Man 1. Oh, I know. I want to say 3 was out by that point. Yeah, um, I think 3 was probably out by then. But, you know, I'd also grown up with, like, the bat- the old Batman movies, like the Tim Burton Batman movies. Mm. Um, Val Kilmer Batman, the George Clooney Batman. So, like... I just kind of saw it as like, oh, this is just another comic book movie. Right. Um, I had to have my uh, mom actually explain to me like, oh no, this is this is like one of the like not really oldest, but like most popular Marvel character outside of Spider Man. Mm-hmm. And I was just kind of like, oh, okay, that's that's cool. And uh, I remember being like completely blown away, like not really kind of. I was having, I feel if if I remember correctly, I was having had like a hard time comprehending what just happened. Right. Because, I mean, there was a lot of themes in there that a 15-year-old didn't really understand, I'm sure. Much less than a 9-year-old. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, I don't know. Then, and then it just kind of kept the ball rolling with, you know, The Incredible Hulk, then Iron Man 2. Yeah. And, and something that was, like, new to me, I mean, even though I was still pretty young, um, I always was so used to kind of, like, one and done, uh, just dedicated to one superhero. Mm-hmm. Like, I never really thought about world building and, like, franchises coming together. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. yeah and I think uh, and I think that's why Marvel has, you know, made the impact that they have. Because no one's ever 
done that before. Right. Uh, and I don't, I don't, and I mean, people are trying it now, you know, you know, Universal's trying it with their monster movies. DC's trying it. DC is just trying so hard. I know. Yeah, DC. <laughs> poor They're gonna DC. Get it right one day. They're trying. They're trying so hard. Um, but uh, but I mean, Marvel really kind of figured out very early on. Like, okay, this is where we're gonna go with our characters. This is how it's gonna fit into the grand scheme of things. Mm-hmm. And then it helps that Disney bought Marvel. Yeah. During this time, too. Definitely. Uh, so you have this multi-billion dollar company backing them. Um, do you remember uh, when you saw the first Avengers movie? I do. I went to the midnight release of it at uh, at Regal in Midland. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was crazy. Like, at the time, I still wasn't super... Like knowledgeable about all the superheroes just yet, but right. seeing them team up and that's kind of what really like started it for me. All like the love I started going back and watching all the old movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was the same way. I because um, by that point, like I had because I saw every single Marvel movie that come out that come out mm-hmm. before the first Avengers. You know, Iron Man, Incredible Hulk, Iron Man two, Thor, and Captain America, and I hadn't realized until Captain America the First Avenger mm-hmm. that it it was building into something different. Like that this was all It was on its way to something. Exactly. Yeah. Um because I think, you know uh Captain America Winter Soldier oh no not Winter Soldier. I'm getting ahead of myself. Uh <laughs> the first, first Avenger. Avenger um really kind of brought it all together mm-hmm. I mean yeah Iron Man 2 was kind of like the the linchpin mm-hmm. that was like the, the at Marvel was showing like yeah we are creating a bigger universe yeah like things are happening in the background yeah but I feel like with the first Avenger it really showed like yeah this is all this is all coming together because they I remember they spliced together a trailer and put it at the end of Captain America, the first Avenger, mm-hmm. of the stuff they've already shot for the first Avengers movie. And then that really kind of got me, like, really deep into comics and everything. Because I remember right after that movie, right after the first Avengers movie, I started paying closer attention to what was coming next, uh, Mm -hmm. what it all meant in the grand scheme of things, Um, which is really crazy because looking back, I remember uh, remember when the first Avengers movie came out, um, I was working at the Mm drive-in, and uh, my boss had seen it. He, he got to go to a midnight release, and so he saw it before before I had. Mm-hmm. And we're talking about it, and I was like, just don't... I was like, this is before, you know, really spoilers were... Like a huge thing. Yeah. Yeah. And so he's kind of telling me... He didn't really tell me anything about the movie, per se, but he was like, oh, yeah, and you know, there's something at the end. I was like, what do you mean there's something at the end? And, you know, it's the first time we ever see Thanos. Yeah. And, uh, but what's so, what's so crazy is he was like, yeah, and there's this, this purple guy and he smiles. And even though like, 
I wasn't super into comics back then, like mm-hmm. I am now. I immediately knew who that was. I was like, oh, yeah, I think that's Thanos. Yeah, you see, whenever I saw it, I had no idea. It just seemed really menacing. And so I looked it up afterwards, and I was like, oh, this is, this is like super established supervillain. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, and then with phase two, that's when I was really starting to pay attention to kind of all the threads that Marvel was kind of stringing along. Yeah. Like, um, so in phase two, we got Iron Man three, uh, Thor, the dark world, um, oof. The Winter Soldier. Winter Soldier was good. The first Guardians movie. Age of Ultron and then Ant-Man. Some heavy hitters. Oh, yeah. Um, so that's when I was really starting to pay attention. Um, and then uh, then in Phase 3... that By then, I was like starting to understand this world that Marvel was trying to right. really bring together. Uh and like by the time phase three started rolling around, that's when I was like, okay, I know what's going on. I know what they're leading to. Yeah. I understand everything now. Um, and it's, I mean, I know Marvel, like there's a couple, mainly in phase two, there's a couple of the movies that are a little iffy. Yeah. I mean, Everyone knows the meme of, you know, Thor the Dark World being, like, the worst. Yeah. I, I see, mean, like, I, <laughs> I, I I think the opposite. Like, if, for me, it's the middle one. Like, the first Thor movie, I was kind of, I was like, oh, okay, like, I kind of get it. But for me, that one is the worst one. Really? Not, not in terms of, like, storytelling or anything. Mainly just, like, I don't know. I wasn't that impressed by that origin story. Yeah. Like... And, I mean, they, they've, like, completely 180 Thor's character from, like, Thor 1 to Ragnarok, you know? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, de- oh definitely. That he's, um... Well, it's also because of uh, Chris Hemsworth, you yeah, know? Yeah, he was, like, not interested in playing the character, I think, after after the Dark World. Yeah, after what happened with uh, Age of Ultron, which I loved Age of Ultron, but uh, he was I just kind of bored with it he was like you know i'm doing the same thing over and over i'm just i'm bored there's no there's no i can't remember what he said but uh i think i read somewhere that he was going to try to talk marvel out of his contract Mm -hmm. um if the next movie if the next thor movie wasn't good or like didn't really wasn't like something for him yeah um and I think I think they decided when they brought on Taika Waititi, uh, they decided to have Chris give more input. I think because yeah. I remember watching after I bought uh, Thor Ragnarok on Blu-ray. I remember watching uh, the special features, and he was saying like how very early on. Uh, they decided that Thor's accent would be kind of Shakespearean, mm-hmm. but he decided. Uh, they all kind of agreed that for Thor Ragnarok, uh, he could be a little bit more like loose with his accent. Yeah, and I mean that would make sense, you know, if he's hanging out with the Avengers and stuff. Yeah, know? and so like 
I I only found it in two parts of Thor Ragnarok. His because you know Chris Hemsworth's Australian. Mm-hmm. I, I only heard his Australian come out like twice. So to me, it didn't, he didn't really ease it up that much. But yeah, I don't know. Um, but yeah, so you know, so we're at you know in phase three is when everything's starting to kind of come together. Like everything's reaching its. I wouldn't say breaking point, but like everything's coming it's to where up definitely. Yeah, and so what were your first impressions when you saw Infinity War? Man, I so I remember going into Infinity War completely thinking, you know, Thanos might get two, three stones max, just because right. of how hard I thought it was going to be to get him. Mm-hmm. And leaving Infinity War, I mean, like a lot of people, I was just speechless, you know. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I remember... I, I was thinking the same thing. I was like, yeah, I'm sure he'll maybe get one or two. Because, like, everyone knew whenever you were going in it that it was going to be a two-part movie. Yeah. So I was thinking it was just going to be, like, one long kind of sequence, and they weren't going to break it up how they did. Yeah. I, I, I was... I went into it kind of the same thing. Like, okay, he's probably going to get maybe the Tesseract and, you know... Uh, you know, I didn't even think he would get past the Tesseract. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember walking out just kind of like, what just happened? Yeah. Um, and coincidentally, uh, that's the only movie <laughs> that Ashley will not rewatch. Really? Like she'll rewatch some of the other ones. Guardians are her favorite. Uh, well, Guardians and now Captain Marvel mm-hmm. are her favorite Marvel movies, but she will not rewatch Infinity War just because, um, so when me and her went and saw it, mm-hmm. she like she was still very new to Marvel when we started dating. Like she'd seen a couple of movies, but she wasn't that really interested. Right. And then when we started dating, three years of dating, and then us getting engaged and getting married, uh, we like I really kind of got her more involved and really understanding everything. And so by the time we went and saw Infinity War. She was still, I would say she was still more of a, a fresh fan. And so then seeing the snap and all these characters that she's now putting emotional time into disappear. Yeah. Yeah. Because were you, were you working the day that I apparently, quote unquote, ruined in, uh, Infinity War for everyone at Best Buy? No, I wasn't. I didn't know that was a thing. You ruined <laughs> Infinity War, right? So, <laughs> so... Uh, me and Ashley saw it on the, you know, seven o'clock midnight premiere. Mm-hmm. Uh, we went and saw it. We both walked out very speechless. Right. Um, and I wanted to talk about it, and I knew a lot of the people that we were working with were going to go see it, and so I was just going around asking people like, "Oh, have you seen it yet?" And nine times out of ten. Uh, most people are like, no, I haven't yeah, seen, it haven't seen it. And I'm like, okay, I'm not going to say anything then because I didn't want to ruin it. Um, all I would kind of leave with was, all I want to say is that uh, Ashley was really pissed off about it. And that's all I would say. And um, majority of the people I would say that to uh, were just like, really? You, you just, you're ruining it now. Like, how, how was I spoiling <laughs> how was I it? Ruining it? I mean, like, yeah, it's just someone's opinion. That's funny. Yeah, because uh, according to uh, Chris Copeland, uh, 
if he's listening, I, I wonder if he remembers this. Uh, uh, even though I was sharing her reaction, that's still a pretty good indicator of what's going to happen. It's true. And I mean, yeah, I could kind of agree with that, but I, I didn't say, I didn't say who, who yeah. was going to die, who was going to get, or just like everyone got killed. <laughs> yeah, who was going to get dusted. Um, and uh, so. What would you say? So, so after seeing Infinity War, going into Endgame, mm-hmm. what was like? Were were you prepared for what was going to happen in Endgame, or? Well, I didn't know how they were going to do it, so I, I watched Captain Marvel and like mm-hmm. you know a little time in between. Um, I liked Captain Marvel; it was good, uh, and I really thought she was going to be more of a force in it. You know. Yeah. Like, really wasn't in the movie that much. Yeah, I'll say that. Like, I thought the movie was great, but that was that's my one qualm is that she's just she's there for the beginning of the movie. Then you see her when they're just like, Oh, she's off world. Yeah, she's like, I have to go you know, you won't see me for a while. And then she's back, like right at the very end of the fight too. Mm -hmm. Like everyone's pretty much about to die again. She's like, Hey, What's up, guys? I don't I'm know. Blast these guys real quick. Like that—that that was my one qualm, and like, and I think maybe they did that because she's supposed to be the new face of the Marvel universe. Yeah. I mean, they're building her up to really be like you know, she's basically going to replace you know the two two heavy hitters that were lost. You know. Yeah. And um, I remember reading somewhere like they didn't want to disappoint, like harder fans of the series by having Captain Marvel come in there and just destroy Thanos and I mean yeah that, make, that makes sense like yeah, they wanted it to be still kind of the original sixes fight you know yeah that I mean that makes sense like you know yeah we're just gonna disregard these fans who've been with us since the very beginning mm-hmm. you know I mean like I, I get that I just at the same time from a practical standpoint why wouldn't she be why there? wouldn't she right. be there we would still have and like I started this episode, it's been two weeks since the movie's been out. By now, you should see it. Plus, the spoiler ban by the directors have been lifted. Mm-hmm. Uh, we wouldn't have lost Tony Stark. We wouldn't have. I'm sure. I have a feeling we probably still would have lost Cap. I think that was yeah. a non-negotiable thing. I think regardless, like I, I know that his contract was up, but I think regardless, they would have wanted to go and have Cap have kind of a happy ending. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I mean, I'm happy that Cap got that, but at the same time, I wasn't really ready for another Captain America. You know what I mean? Just yeah. Yet. Well, and like, and this kind of sounds kind of heartless, but like, I, uh, so I hysterically cried when Tony Stark died. Like, I'm not ashamed to admit it. I was just in tears, like, hysterically crying. Uh, when Tony died, whenever um, Pepper says goodbye, man, I, well, yeah, that's, that's what really got right me. There, I was man. starting to calm down. I'm like, all right, it's it's over now. It's done with. And then when Pepper was just like, you can rest now. It's just like, that oh. hurted, you know. Like, and oh, and then his uh, then the the reef on his funeral. That's a callback to the very first Iron Man movie. Yeah, proof that that uh, Tony Stark has a heart. Yeah, yeah. That I was like, no. Um, but anyway, so this sounds kind of heartless, but I was. <laughs> I had a theory that Cap was going to die, mm-hmm. mainly because, like you said, Chris's contract was up, so it 
it made sense. Right. Uh, for, for me, at least, I was, you know, kind of what, uh, if anyone listened to the horror episode last week, uh, what Jeremy said, a self-diagnosed uh, movie snob. Mm-hmm. Um, from a business standpoint, it would make sense to kill Cap since, you know, Chris Evans' contract is up. Right. He doesn't want to do this again. You know, we'll, we'll respect that. So let's just kill him. As where, like, with Robert Downey Jr., yes, his contract's up, but you could still use him for, like, cameos and, like, recruiting new Avengers. Yeah. See, I thought he was going to – I thought he was going to retire and kind of be one of those, like, oh, hey, I'm in the background doing stuff, but I'm not in the action type of, type yeah. of person, you know? Yeah. Like, still guiding Peter Parker, but not, like, I'm not going to clean up your mess – but if you need help, I'm here. Yeah, you're like a force ghost. Yeah, exactly. But no, they uh, they flipped that. We're like, no, we're just going to have Cap live out the rest of his life, and he'll probably eventually die because he's pretty old. Like, Yeah, he's like 96. He's an old dude now. Uh, and then we're just going to kill Tony, which, uh, but I mean, but all in all, I mean, it, it had to happen because... You know, they were Cap and Tony. It was. I felt like Endgame was really centered around them. Yeah. Like, you know, looking back at the promos for Endgame, like a lot of them are just Tony talking. You know. Mm Mm-hmm. And there's so much foreshadowing that's going to like, oh hey, Tony's probably gonna die. Yeah. Now that you know what happens, you know, you look back and you totally see it. Oh yeah, yeah, and um, I will say. Uh, probably one of my favorite battle sequences in any movie, and that's like coming from someone who's seen all three Lord of the Rings and all three mm. Hobbit movies, and is a Game of Thrones fan. Like that whole scene, that whole battle when all the heroes come back, like when Doctor Strange opens up all the portals, and all the heroes come back and they just wreck shop. Ah, uh, that was awesome. Um, no, that was really cool. I, I did want a louder Avengers Assemble. I wanted it to be more of an angry thing. But, yeah. I mean, I was still happy that we got it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so, I have, a, I have a quick story to tell you. Right. Um, most people, if anyone's listening, that I've actually said this story to in person. So, I didn't see Endgame uh, until five days after it came out because... My dad really wanted to see it uh, with me and Ashley, Mm -hmm. and I was trying to find a good time for everyone's schedule to kind of, like, sync up, and so we went and saw it on a uh, Tuesday at 7 p.m. at uh, Regal, and I wanted to see it in IMAX, and so we get to the theater, and, like, right off the bat... uh, I could tell that this was going to spell trouble because uh, they only had two people working in the concession stand. Oh, man. And the lines were already getting backed up. But we got there with, like, plenty of time to spare. I didn't get anything because I wasn't going to miss anything. And so my dad and Ashley, they got food and drinks. And um, we go to the, the uh, booth box office ticket Mm -hmm. stand whatever the guy scans my digital ticket um and right before we walk in he says oh just to let you guys know 
we are having some issues with the air conditioner in that uh, theater, so it's off right now. If it becomes unbearably hot, come out, we'll comp you guys a ticket, and we'll let you go to another showtime. And so we're all thinking, like, oh, I mean, I'm sure it won't get that hot. So we sit down, and, yeah, we're starting to feel the heat a little bit. But we're like, you know, I think it'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Um, well, as more people are coming in, it's getting hotter and hotter and yeah, hotter. those bodies. Yeah. And so Ashley finds out that the very next showing is at 730. And it, it was a little my fault. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, you know, we're already here. It'll be fine. Um, yeah, it was not fine. <laughs> um, three hours and two minutes. Oh, man. And a hot ass theater um it was brutal like worth it though i mean (laughs) ashley told me she doesn't want to see endgame again not because she didn't like it she loved it but experiencing that three hour long movie in pretty much like a like a hot box like (laughs) she was like i don't want to do that again it was it was absolutely brutal and then uh i i still want to go i've I still want to see Endgame a second time in a air conditioner theater now, but uh, yeah, that was. Looking back, I should have just been like, "Yeah, you know what? Let's let's go to the seven thirty showing." Oh yeah, because more than likely that would have been in. Air. I got to put myself through that. I know, because um, it was only thirty minutes that we would have had to wait. But looking back, I mean, it it would have been smart to do that, but. At least I got to see it right then and there. The only downside was uh, walking out of the theater feeling so just like... Everything is sticky. <laughs> yeah, man. It was... it was Like, I reached across Ashley at one point to get my dad's attention. Mm-hmm. And Ashley was like, put your arm down now. Oh, man. <laughs> well, and uh, I bring it up because... Um, even if it was, even if the air conditioner was working in that theater, uh, with how hard my heart was pumping during like the final fifty minutes of the movie, mm-hmm. I'm sure I would have walked out just as sweaty. Oh yeah, just as just like because I was just like, oh my god. Um, but yeah, uh, what um, what else about Endgame uh, weren't would you say? Like, did you have any theories that kind of came true when you went in to go see Endgame? Mm, not this. This didn't really come true in the sense that I thought it would, mm-hmm. but at the same time, kind of. So, I was noticing they were kind of doing like an arc that, you know, Thor's been through a lot of stuff, right? And I thought, man, he's gonna like be depressed pretty soon if he keeps going through bad stuff. Mm-hmm. Lo and behold, Fat Thor. Yeah, <laughs> and what's your opinion of Fat Thor? Because like, I've watched a lot of videos recently where people were kind of complaining about man, Fat. People are ripping into Fat Thor, man. Like, I like it. You know, yeah. it gives a uh, chubby guys like me, you know, a hero <laughs> to look up to. <laughs> no, um, I liked it. I um, understand why people weren't super happy with it because they wanted to see his art completed in a better way. Mm-hmm. I think they could have done it a little better, but I still think you know there's this sort of a lesson there that you know even if you don't if you have the, those kind of issues that doesn't mean you're not worthy to be you know a person you, you know what I mean yeah no, no, no yeah I see what you're saying yeah like 
Like, yeah, you may be depressed and you may be, you know, Game going through slum, doing but stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I thought it was a little ridiculous that people were complaining to Marvel, saying that they were fat shaming Thor, and uh, one he of the did guys, become a butt of a lot of jokes, though. A lot of a lot of good jokes, especially yeah. uh, when they when when. Uh, Start. Uh, Tony calls him uh, the Big Lebowski. Big Lebowski, which yeah. I love because I love, <laughs> I love the Big Lebowski. Um, but like a guy I work with at the Odessa Best Buy, mm-hmm. um, he was telling me how like I mean that's natural to happen. Like, you know, when you see a loved one going through this kind of trauma and doing this, they're going to make jokes because they care about you mm-hmm. and they want you to understand like. You know, we do love you, but... Right. You know. Um, I mean, I, I... I'm the same way. It didn't bother me. I mean... Yeah, I mean, like, I, I was like, oh, man, that's crazy. But it, it wasn't, like, a, a deal breaker for me. I no. still liked Thor, and I thought he looked really, you know, badass whenever he suited up and his braid... Or his uh, beard Beers was all braided. Yeah. Cool. Uh, there's a... Uh, have you heard of the YouTube channel Screen Rant before? Yeah. Uh, so they do these things called pitch meetings, mm-hmm. and um, and they did one on Endgame where where the whole joke is it's a writer talking to a a, a movie executive, and he's going to explain to him the whole plot of the movie that he's pitching, mm-hmm. but in a very like almost like kind of making fun of the movie. Right. And so when they get to that part of Endgame, uh, the writer's like, yeah, Thor is going to use lightning to braid his beard real quick. And then the executive's like, wait, what? And he just kind of moves on <laughs> nonchalantly. Oh, um, but that, no, but yeah, I was glad that Thor actually suited up because I could kind of tell like as the, as the film was progressing, he, you know, he was trying, like, after they kind of recruited him, he was trying to redeem himself, but yeah, he was still kind of caught in that loop of, like, you know. He was still kind of in a destructive pattern. He didn't want to, he, he didn't know. I, don't, I think he was kind of scared to redeem himself. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. To really give it his all. Because um, I think, you know, he gave it his all in Infinity War and Thanos snapped, you know? Yeah. Um, but, you know, then seeing him suit up it kind of made me realize like okay he realizes like the only way to redeem myself is just to just shut up and just go for it yeah and I like like what they're going to be doing with him in the future I like the avenues that they're te- he's taking because uh, you know he's joining the Guardians now yeah which I I really hope when uh, James Gunn comes back to do Guardians 3 mm-hmm. that Chris Hemsworth is in it as Thor I think that would be yeah it, it has to happen now because supposedly I don't know how true it is I haven't found anything that says that it's like 100% true but um, supposedly Chris Hemsworth has signed on for four more movies yeah I, I read something that was like he, he wanted to play Thor for as long as Marvel would let him you know that's, that's pretty good especially because you know uh, all the all the all the new shows that uh, Marvel's doing mm-hmm. that are like directly linked to the cinematic universe I think are going to continue a lot of these story arcs of those characters like the Loki show uh, from what I understand it's going to be the Loki show is going to be the version of Loki that escapes with oh, the, tesseract. the Tesseract mm-hmm. I could be wrong but that would that would the only thing that would make sense because that's the version of Loki that's not dead mm-hmm. um 
there's going to be the uh, uh, Winter Soldier and Falcon TV show, which I think will be really funny because it'll have Anthony Mackie and Sebastian Stan. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they work off of each other pretty well. Yeah, a lot of people have said that it's going to be like a buddy comedy kind of show. Like them trying to like solve crimes or something I don't know I, I think that I, I, you said it perfectly they they work off of each other so well yeah one of one of my favorite scenes with them is in Civil War and it's when they're in the uh, I was just about to bring this scene up you talk about whenever they're in the car yeah in the buggy yeah. and he's all like could you move your seat up and he's just like no and so he just like scoots over to the other side of the car. Like it kills me every time. That and the, the scene where Spider-Man is fighting them and Falcon gets Spider-Man out with uh, Red Wing is his like little drone. Yeah. Uh, and Winter Soldier, uh, Bucky's like, you couldn't have done that sooner? And he just, I hate you. Like that, <laughs> like their chemistry works so good together. Um, and then we have the, I think it's called like Scarlet Vision, where it's like Scar. Oh no, it's called Wanda Vision, where it's mm-hmm. Scarlet Witch and Wanda, or that's the same person. Yeah, it's Scarlet Witch <laughs> and Vision. Uh, it's gonna be a show about them, and or it's is gonna, it gonna be like pre Infinity War. I don't know. They haven't said anything about it because, uh, you know, Vision doesn't come back at the end of Endgame. Yeah, he's still dead. I can see them like remaking him though you yeah. know if, if they if they fun, somehow found him I also heard that Ultron might be another big bad we see in the future again really yeah like cause in the comics you know Ultron comes back a bunch because he just downloads himself somewhere else and somehow mm-hmm. comes back and I'd be interested in seeing that I liked Ultron as a villain yeah and, and you know we never saw Vision actually kill the final one it's just assumed yeah that he did uh, yeah, and I thought I thought James Spader was a great villain as Ultron. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, what what are you kind of hoping that they're gonna do uh, when Spider Man Far From Home comes out? Like, because I don't know, it's supposed to be taking place like a couple months after the events of Endgame. Yeah, because in the in the new trailer they just released, you can tell. Like, Peter is still super broken up about Tony, you know, dying. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure. I, I can... I kind of want them to open up on the multiverse a little more. Like, I know it's it's been confirmed before that the multiverse is a thing. Mm-hmm. But I also know that, like, Mysterio is a villain in the comics, so I don't really think he's going to be a hero, quote-unquote, for that long, you know? Yeah, I, um, I've been also watching a lot of videos on these, and, like, a lot of people are saying that... Mysterio is just playing Nick Fury. Like, he's not really from an alternate, uh, an, yeah, an alternate that's, dimension. That's something I'm worried about. Like, I'd, I'd like to see other, you know, dimensions. That would open up for a lot of things, you know, if they wanted to bring the Fantastic Four into mm-hmm. the MCU without having to completely do their origin story um, and have it relate to the MCU, then mm-hmm. they can just, you know, pull the multiverse card. Oh, yeah. And, uh, I mean, I was thinking about this, too. Like... You know, in, you know, I know that Into the Spider Verse isn't really a uh, an MCU movie, but it was so well done. Uh, I would love to see like a real life version of Miles Morales. Yeah, and they like they didn't. Well, I guess they teased it for people that don't really know. Yeah, um, with, uh, with Donald Glover. Yeah, uh, he was like my what is it, my nephew. 
lives around here. Yeah, because uh, he's uh, Aaron Davis, and he's like, you know, I don't want those weapons around. I got a nephew. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, there's, there's obviously a Miles, but I don't know. I'm excited to see what they decide to do with Miles in the future. Because mm-hmm. I, I really like Spider-Verse. I don't know how you felt about it. Oh, I loved it. I saw it. <sighs> Three times. It was a good movie. Yeah, it was, it was great. It was, um, like, that uh, was the first time I can confidently say, like, Sony, good job. Like, Sam Raimi movies, good job. But wasn't that... Uh, Andrew Garfield. Yeah, Andrew Garfield. Yeah, his, his are... Yeah, like... Um, I was actually talking about this the other day. Uh, you know, because a lot of people recently have been saying how, like, Tobey Maguire was trash as Spider-Man. I was like... I don't think that's necessarily true. I know. And I was like, you know, I grew up with that Spider-Man. And, like, I've heard people say, like, if you say that you like Tobey Maguire Spider-Man, it's because you're nostalgic. And I wouldn't really say that. I mean, like, I would say the first two Spider-Man movies, Spider-Man movies by Sam Raimi are great. Especially mm-hmm. two. Like, I, I still think two was the best of the three movies. Yeah. Because three was just... <laughs> it was something. And I know it wasn't Sam Raimi's fault. I know it was Sony being like, oh, you should add in... Because I heard that it was like a Sony decision. Yeah, it's like, hey, let's throw all these people in. Yeah, and like... Money. And they kind of forced him to put Venom in it. Because from what I understand, like... Tony... Or Sam... Mm-hmm. Uh, was going to save Venom for Spider-Man 4. Yeah. And it was going to be all about Venom. But Sony was like, no, Venom needs to be in the movie. And then we got the Topher Grace Venom. Yeah. And I mean, I don't know. (laughs) I I think a lot of people that that hate on the Sam Raimi movies forget, like, how old they really are, Mm -hmm. you know? And the kind of... Not only, like, the technology, but the, the kind of directing that went into superhero movies back then is completely different than how they're kind of handled now. Oh, yeah. Know? Yeah, and especially, you know, I mean, Marvel... Marvel... I know they try... Well, when I say Marvel. More so Disney. I know they try to let their directors... Like, we hired you for a reason. Yeah, they kind of do your thing. Do your thing. But I know, I know because, like, with um, Joss Wheaton and what happened with Age of Ultron, I heard that a lot of executives were, like, really getting involved mm-hmm. and telling Joss how the movie should play out. And he, it eventually just burned him out. That's why he didn't do Infinity War and Endgame mm-hmm. after Age of Ultron. He was like, all right, I'm. Yeah. I'm done with this. Which, I mean, kind of sucks, because I, I loved the first Avengers movie and Age of Ultron. I yeah. thought Joss Whedon did really good. And what sucks is, you know, a lot, not a lot of people know, but, like, when executives get involved and, like, altered the director's vision, the director's the one that still gets the blame for it. Yeah, so if it was completely the executive's fault and the movie turns out to be a complete flop, then they're going to be like, oh, bad director. Yeah. yeah. I remember I remember, I was working at Simply Mac when Age of Ultron came out, and um, I had there, there was a lot of customers that came in that were, like, when I was, when it was, like, that lull of helping them, I would just talk to them about how their day was, mm-hmm. and, like, oh, have you seen the new Avengers movie? And, like, half the people I asked that to were, like, 
yeah, I, Joss Whedon totally dropped the ball. It was mm-hmm. like, <laughs> but it wasn't his fault. Well, that was before I learned the truth. I was just like, well, I mean, I liked it. Yeah. I thought he did a good job. But then when I learned the truth, looking back, I wish I could be like, well, it wasn't his fault. Like... He was trying to do what he needed to do, but also to keep the executives happy. Right. But um, just kind of sucks. You know, at the end of the day, you got to make people that are signing your paychecks happy. You know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so I wanted to ask you, because it took me like three days after I saw Endgame. Mm-hmm. How did you like how they explained their version of time travel? Um... I thought it was kind of crazy that Tony figured out time travel in, like, five minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought, in, in like, in comparison to, like, a lot more or other um, time travel-type movies, mm-hmm. I think they explained it in a way I can understand a little better. Yeah. You know? I mean, how do I understand a flux capacitor very well, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, but... I, I I don't I think I have kind of a neutral reaction like I I'm like oh, okay that's how it works yeah sure. it, yeah like me like I love a lot of uh, time travel movies like Back to the Future shout out to what two weeks ago's episode I love Back to the Future but like I never heard of like this version of time travel before love yeah. how like when you travel to the past. The future remains unaffected of what you do in the past because that future is a past, but is in your past. Right. I guess is what. And whenever you go into the past, that becomes your new future. And how they were explaining it, I mean, I got it. It was still kind of confusing, though. Yeah. What really helped me kind of understand it was uh, when the Ancient One is talking to Bruce Banner mm-hmm. and saying how, like, you know, she's mainly focusing on the Infinity Stones, but when she's like how when you pull out the Infinity Stones from its specific time, it creates a branch. Mm-hmm. That's what helped me kind of understand what was happening that right. um, That the linear timeline of the MCU was always going to be the way it was. Um, and then going when they went back and got the Infinity Stones, it didn't affect their that linear timeline. Yeah, like that linear timeline still played out. Uh, like like with what happened with Loki, mm-hmm. like the linear timeline still played out where he got captured, he was defeated, and Thor sent him to Asgard. Yeah, but when he escapes. That created another branch timeline <laughs> that I guess runs parallel with that timeline where he gets away and that's that. And then right. we have the one where Cap lives his life while simultaneously existing in... That, that That's when it got confusing. I was like, wait, if he... If he's still existing in, in that, that timeline... Eventually, he's going to get out of the ice, right? In the yeah. same timeline. Yeah. Yeah, that, that... Like, my mom kind of explained it to me that he... The only reality he really changed was Peggy's reality. Yeah. Because in her reality, he... Uh, 
I don't remember how she worded it, but I did. I did just recently watch a video where they explained that um, Cap had to use the time travel GPS mm-hmm. to get back to the part when he first went back. So he had to use it to get back into the main timeline. Gotcha. Which I th- makes a little bit of sense. It does. And, like, something I'm interested in is seeing how the interaction between uh, him and Red Skull went whenever he went to go return the uh, <laughs> the Soul Stone. Yeah. <laughs> and what kind of, like, what I was thinking about is, you know, you have to... It, the whole speech that he gives is, you know, you have to do a, a soul for a soul. Mm-hmm. You know, when he returns the stone, why why doesn't that bring Natasha back or Gamora? Yeah, you know that that's something that that kind of puzzled me. Yeah, yeah, like um, that screen rant video I was talking about where they did the pitch meeting for Endgame. Uh, when the writer gets to the part where Captain America goes back and puts all the Infinity Stones back, the executive is like. He's like, so we're supposed to believe that Cap goes back and tells Red Skull where the kiddie pool is to put the Soul Stone back? And he's like, uh, sure, I guess. <laughs> uh, and see, and I, I kind of thought about that, too. I was like, like, I wonder what he thought when he saw Red Skull there. Like, oh, hey, like... Uh, yeah, I remember whenever we were enemies. <laughs> yeah, like, I need to put this back. Can you take this back, please? Well, and then, like... This is effective. I'd like to get a return. I don't care if it's open box. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But then, like, I had another thought of, like... Because, like... You know, I watched a lot of videos when Infinity War happened. Mm -hmm. And one of the big things that a lot of people said was, like... You know, if the Red Skull's only job was to guard the Soul Stone... Mm When the Soul Stone is then taken, what does he do? What happens then? Does he leave Vormir? Does he disintegrate? What happens? See, because he, he kind of looks like he looks really ghostly in all the appearances that he has, you know? Mm-hmm. So I assume he's not really alive. He's more of a just kind of a soul that's trapped there, mm-hmm. you know? No, it makes sense. Yeah, so I, I, I don't know. I think after the Soul Stone was taken, he's probably just like doomed to hang out on Vormir or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> goes to the the one shop they have on the other side of the planet. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, that, that would make sense. But, um, yeah. yeah, I mean, I... T- to kind of, like, summarize everything with Endgame, like, I... Like, it was, it was beyond my expectations. Like, yeah. I knew... I knew it was going to be great. Like, from day one, like, as soon as the that first teaser was announced and it announced the title, I knew it was going to be great. Uh, it, I just didn't realize how good it was really going to be uh, and how, how many, like, hoops Marvel jumped through to ensure that nothing got spoiled. Like, I re- after me and Ashley saw Endgame, I watched... A lot of those teaser trailers again, and notice all the stuff that they cut out, like um, Fat Thor, the and, Hulk being behind a rocket when yeah, he walks into yeah Smart Hulk. Yep. Um, I'm trying to think of what else. They, That's a good point. What did you think of Smart Hulk? I I thought that was hilarious. Like yeah. I it cracked me up that Mark Ruffalo pretty much spends the rest of the movie mo-capping <laughs> <laughs> like a giant version of himself. Uh, and what's funny is like 
I know that happens in the comics that like Bruce eventually figures out mm-hmm. how to become the Hulk but still maintain yeah. the brains as Mark Ruffalo put it, you know, I figured out the brawn and the brains in one. Um, And they kind of showed it in the movie uh, because from what I understand in the comics, when he does that, he sacrifices a lot of the kind of brute strength of Hulk. Yeah, you can tell this is not as strong as he's ever been. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Yeah, because, like, in the they, comp... They didn't really give him any really good fight scenes in the, in the end, either. No, yeah, because, like... Yeah, because when he does his snap, it... Really messes him up. Yeah, yeah, messes up his arm. And so he just kind of walks around. I, I mean, I think he... That's why I need to see it again. Because so much was going on in that battle. Yeah, that's I, why I went to go see it yesterday. Because... <laughs> <laughs> uh, he, he fights a little bit, right? Yeah, but I mean, he's in the the charge scene where they say assemble. He's he's running, but I I don't I don't really think that there's any standalone shots of him just like whooping whooping some butt, you know? Yeah, I'm sure probably because he couldn't do much with one arm. Yeah, uh, and one thing I really wanted is like I wanted to see him kind of lose it, which I don't know if that's like wrong for me to want, you know? Because uh-huh. he's now kind of developing as a, a smarter character. Yeah. But whenever he was, like, piled under the rubble, mm-hmm. I was kind of wanting him to lose it because, you know, Nat's gone. They tried to get her back. She didn't come back. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was going to kind of be a breaking point for him. But he more or less just had to wait for Ant-Man, you know? Yeah. Um, and, yeah, it was, I was surprised he stayed Smart Hulk the rest of the movie, too. I kind of I kind of was thinking, okay, after the battle, he's probably going to right? decrease back down to Bruce. Mm-hmm. But... I guess not. Um, so, with all of that, uh, what would you say? Like, I would say, out of the what twenty two movies, mm-hmm. what what would you say is your your top five? Oh man, favorite Marvel movies, ones that you can rewatch like whenever. Okay, so, geez, you want to go first? <laughs> uh, Okay, so for me, starting with number five, um, it would probably be uh, Winter Soldier, uh, just because like it it was very much a Marvel movie, but it was also kind of like an espionage movie, like very yeah. like you don't know who's the bad guy or who's the good guy or who's lying about who, and I mean, and that's the first time the Russo brothers came in and did a Marvel movie, and they just rocked it. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and I can I can rewatch that movie all the time, and um, for me that really showed Cap really trying to readjust. You know, even though he'd been living in modern times since two thousand eleven, I think. Eleven, yeah, eleven or 11. eleven or ten. So by then it, he had been living in modern times for like four or five years. Mm-hmm. Because that movie took place in 2016? No. No. Because uh, Ultron came out in 14. So he'd been living in modern times for like two, two three years. Yeah. Um, but still, it was a great movie. Um, I feel like it really showed Steve, like, having, you know, adjusted but still needing to readjust in modern times. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, it has... 
not really one of my favorite lines of that movie, but like a, a really good line that kind of summarizes the whole movie. Um, where her, where uh, Nat and Cap are driving to the base, mm-hmm. and you know, Cap is explaining like trust and everything, and she's like, "Well, what do you want?" And he's like, "Well, how about a friend?" And she's like, "Well, I think you're in the wrong business." You know, I feel like that summarizes the whole movie because, you know, cat counts on people. You know, you trust people and, you know. So, uh, yes, number five for me would be Winter Soldier. Um, number four would probably... Ooh, it would probably be Thor Ragnarok. Just because it's so out there uh, in terms of the character... Um, and comedy because I that was one of the big things that I was never expecting out of a Marvel movie just a flat out comedy mm-hmm. and because like everyone warned me like when I, when I went and saw Thor Ragnarok they're like yeah it's funny from start to finish I was like there's no way like, yeah out of a Thor movie too yeah. like yeah a Marvel movie there's no way that it's funny from start to finish and sure enough yeah it was funny from start to finish um cause I had read that like Taika really pushed everyone to improvise <laughs> and Mark Ruffalo said like that he was surprised they hadn't gotten fired yet <laughs> from how much like off script they were doing um but it's just it's just a really fun movie for me and uh it's not such like I mean it is there's heavy stuff that happens but it's not a heavy watch you know what I mean it's not mm-hmm. it's not something that you really I don't know you know what I'm trying to say oh yeah yeah it's not like um it's not like Infinity War where just like all right there's a lot of stuff happening you yeah. can kind of take it as it comes oh yeah um third would probably have to be Spider-Man Homecoming um because I love Tom Holland's version of Spider-Man I think I think if anyone were, was true to the character, it's Tom Holland. Yeah, um, he definitely embodies what I think Peter Parker would be. Oh, know? definitely, because like that's the, that's the big thing with like Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield is like Tobey Maguire was a a really good Peter Parker. You know, he was really smart, really kind of like ingenious. Uh, but I felt like his Spider-Man, like now looking back, I felt like Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man wasn't not necessarily a good Spider-Man, but he wasn't. He wasn't the Spider-Man from the comics. You know, right. he's you know he he's he quick wasn't to, as true. To yeah, him. he wasn't quick to like be sarcastic or you know anything. Quips like, weren't really too super there. Yeah, in the Sam Raimi movies. You know, um, and then Andrew Garfield was a great Spider-Man. You know, he was really sarcastic, and he had really good quips, and, I mean, his suits could have been better. Yeah. But uh, but then he wasn't a good Peter Parker, because if anyone has seen Andrew Garfield... Cool I mean, skater, bro. I mean, he's pretty... He's pretty, uh, he's pretty handsome. I mean, he's also... Uh, he played the co-creator of Facebook in that in the Social Network movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Tom Holland just really kind of like what you said he embodies both sides of peter and Mm spider-man um like one of my favorite (laughs) one of my favorite parts with him is kind of towards the end of the movie it's when he stops the deal with uh mac gargan 
which was a really clever reference to Scorpion because he has a scorpion tattooed on his neck. Yeah. I really hope he comes back in a later movie. Uh, and the new guy, well, the, the actual Herman Schultz, who's uh, the actual shocker in the comics, mm-hmm. you know, he's got the fist things, but he can't get Spider-Man. And and uh, Tom is like, you know, I got to say, the other guy was really better with those. You know, I just, I'm shocked. Like, that <laughs> cracks me up every time. Um, but also, the, the reason why it's number three for me because, you know, he gets his he gets in as much spotlight as they can as they could have given him in Civil War, mm-hmm. uh, which was still good. But after I saw Civil War, I was like, okay, I, I need more now. Right. And that that was just nonstop, start to finish. Tom Holland just crushing it as Spider Man. Um, number two, uh, it would probably be. Um, it would probably be the first Iron Man movie. Mm-hmm. Um, just because, like, that was the first Marvel movie I ever saw. Mm-hmm. It was really good. It was kind of my introduction to Robert Downey Jr., even though I had seen a couple movies before Iron Man uh, of him, and I didn't realize that's who it was. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just a... I mean, you can always rewatch the first Iron Man movie and just... Love it every time. I laugh at every joke, you know, even though I've seen that movie at least 10 times. Uh, it's still such a good movie, such a classic Marvel movie. Yeah, and, you know, I can never, I don't know, I can never see another Iron Man, another Tony Stark, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, like, there's... Like, like, even if they recasted him, um, I don't think anyone's ever really going to beat Robert Downey Jr. As, as, as Tony Stark. Oh, yeah, no, like, yeah, like... I read an article of, like, some of the uh, first people that were going to be offered the Iron Man spot. Mm-hmm. And I was, like, I think Tom Cruise was one of them. And I was like, mm. It just wouldn't work out, you know? No. Like, Tom Cruise, he's a good actor in his own right. Like, um, the Mission Impossible movies are great. I've seen, I own all six. Six? Yeah, six. No, seven. I don't remember. I, I own all of them, though. Uh, they're great, and he's a good actor. I mean, he was great in Top Gun, The Outsiders, but... But th- is he Tony Stark? Exactly. Yeah. yeah, and I think it's because, like what you said, Robert Downey Jr. did such an amazing job. I feel like it's kind of spoiled on us as the audience that... Mm-hmm. Just like with uh, Hugh Jackman and Wolverine. Yeah. No one... No, Hugh Jackman is Wolverine. Wolverine. Right. Um, and then my number one movie... Uh, that I can rewatch anytime uh, would probably be Civil War mm. uh, because Civil War was actually the first Marvel comic I ever owned. Really? Uh, I've since lost it, uh, which really upsets me. But I do own it, uh, own it digitally. Like, so I, I have it on my phone. Um, but Civil War is such a fantastic comic and like all the stories interweave together and it was the first time really that Marvel had written this big epic crossover event and uh, when I kind of going back to what I was talking about earlier you know when I started to understand what was happening mm-hmm. in the in the Marvel Universe with all the movies that they were making Civil War was like at the top of my list like they, they have to do Civil War yeah and what I love is when uh, 
they were close, they were about to close out phase two. And they had like an announcement of like all the new movies that they're gonna do, and they like they talked about Doctor Strange and Black Panther and uh, I think Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two, mm-hmm. um, and then they're like, oh yeah, we have a new Captain America movie. It's gonna be called like the something serpent or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then like they kind of went on with their presentation, and they're like, oh yeah, and by the way, that that new Captain America movie. It's actually called Civil War, and like, like I remember losing it. Like I was like, yes, and but then like I kind of had concerns. Was like, but the comic is so epic, and it's so, yeah. and it's very yeah. dense too. They didn't have as many like the the amount of characters that's in the comic is not in the MCU just yet. You oh know? yeah, yeah, and and. The other thing is uh, they're fighting pretty much levels New York. Like, they blow up half the city just fighting. Um, But uh, actually seeing... I remember seeing the first trailer, and I was like, oh, this this is going to be good. And then when they revealed that Spider-Man was going to be in it, I was like, okay... Whenever they confirmed Spider-Man for the MCU, I was was over the moon. Oh, yeah, because it's... Like, because if anyone doesn't know, Sony, when when Sam Raimi first did his first Spider-Man movie, he partnered with Columbia, which is owned by Sony, and Sony owned, Sony owns all the movie rights to Spider-Man, so Sony gets to do whatever they want with the, the movie part. Now, Marvel still owns the comic part. Yeah, but I was the same way. As soon as, like... As soon as that first trailer showed where they reveal Spider-Man, it was like, oh my god, yes! (laughs) Um, But Civil War, I can rewatch constantly and still be kind of like what I was talking about with Iron Man. Like, I can still be shocked when things happen, even though I know what's going to happen. Like, I know, okay, uh, Zemo is going to activate Bucky and Bucky's going to go on a rampage like I know that's going to happen but I'm still just like like oh man yeah and, the amount of tension that's in that scene you know yeah and I think that's why Civil War is my number one favorite because of the villain you know wasn't a super villain he wasn't you know he wasn't going to be able to defeat him yeah he wasn't a killer robot he wasn't an alien he was just a man a man a very mm-hmm. smart man and he tore them out from the inside. Yeah. And and I think that's why Civil War in 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 the entire Marvel universe is probably the second best movie apart from Endgame, but on mm-hmm. my list it's number one. But, but yeah, that's those are my favorite that's Marvel solid, movies. It's a solid track list. I definitely should have made a top five. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure the listeners will figure out. That was just off the top of my yeah. head. No, it's um, <laughs> man. If I had to start with number five, I'd have to go with um, Guardians One. Nice. You know, I really like. Um, I really like what. what this is James Gunn, right? James Gunn, yeah. James Gunn, man. He he killed it, and of course I'm a, I'm a basic bitch, and I, I like the soundtrack. You know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, the the soundtrack's great. I mean, yeah, James Gunn, and kind of like what I said with Thor like uh, he did something so different like he he was the, I think he was the one who brought like true comedy mm-hmm. to the to Marvel like the Universe MCU. yeah yeah definitely. and um, Chris Pratt 
as Star Lord. I love it. I love Chris Pratt from you know the Parks and Rec days, mm-hmm. and uh, he just fit that that character really well. You know, I the first time I'd ever seen Chris Pratt was in the. <sighs> trying to think oh my god this uh it was either the five-year engagement or it was um movie 43 Mm. i want to say it was probably movie 43 that was because i'd never seen parks and rec um at at all Mm, center i know well i mean (laughs) now i'm starting to watch it but yeah so okay so I was looking up when movie 43 and five year engagement came out. I think it was movie 43 first. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, yeah, this guy's pretty funny. Did you ever see movie 43? I have not seen it. Uh, <laughs> most people would probably advise against it because it's, it's a very <laughs> raunchy movie, but I love it. I think it's mm-hmm. hilarious. And cause it's, it's a movie told in skits. Yeah. So each skit has different actors and different stars in it. Okay. And so Chris and his now ex-wife, Anna Ferris, are in a skit together. Um, and he wants to propose to Anna. And so he, like, lays out this nice, beautiful dinner. And he's got the ring ready. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you know, there's a question I really want to ask you. And she's like, oh, I really want to ask you, too. And he's like, okay, well, you know, let's go at the same time. And he's about to say, will you marry me? And she goes, will you poop on me? <laughs> and he's like, I'm, I'm sorry, what? Uh, and she's like, will you poop on me? It's the most intimate thing a person can do for another person. And he was just like, uh, yeah, sure. So the whole skit is him getting ready to poop on his on his uh the girl he wants to marry mm-hmm. and he ends up like taking like laxatives and he offends her at one point by going you're like just let me shit on you please <laughs> and because uh at one point one of his friends explains to him how pooping and shitting are two different things mm. he's like you you he's like just go out shit on a bunch of whores but come back you're one poop man <laughs> and also then he gets like hit by a car <laughs> which makes all the poop that he is like because the whole time he's been like holding it in mm-hmm. after eating like Mexican food and all the laxatives so the, mm-hmm. the car like nails him and poop just like goes everywhere <laughs> and Anna Ferris is like you did this for me and then somehow he pulls out the ring he's like will you marry me <laughs> That's what it is. and so so that was the first time I'd ever seen Chris Pratt in anything. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, this, this guy's pretty funny. And then uh, then I want to say it was the five-year engagement. Mm-hmm. And it was still just as funny. He was so good. Yeah. And I saw Guardians. So I was like, this this can't be the same guy. Yeah. And, yeah, like you said, he just he crushed it. He uh, did. It was a good... Um, see, I never, before Guardians of the Galaxy, like, the movie came out, mm-hmm. I didn't know what Guardians of the Galaxy was. I didn't, mm-hmm. I wasn't uh, aware that that was even really a thing. Yeah, and I think that was for everyone, too. Like, you know, by the time that was almost coming out, I was finally starting to, like, what I was talking about earlier, I was finally brushing up on comics, and I was mm-hmm. understanding, but I couldn't find anything about Guardians of the Galaxy. And I remember Ashley took me to it. She I didn't take her, she took me. She's really? like, you know, let's go see a movie tonight. 
I think I had a bad day at work or something. Mm-hmm. And she's like, yeah, let's go see a movie. And she didn't tell me what movie. And it's Guardians of the Galaxy. And I'm like, oh, man, I don't I don't know anything about this. Yeah, you weren't like... But, yeah, within within uh, the whole scene of him dancing, singing to Redbone's Come and Get Your Love, mm-hmm. I was like, okay. Well, this this has got me. I want to see what happens now. And I love how they flipped that. They did the opening sequence in Endgame, <laughs> but it's just like him kind of like idiotically dancing. Yeah, and, oh yeah, and just love Rhodey. He's like, oh, so he's an idiot. Yeah, so he's real thing. <laughs> and uh, Rhodey knocks him out. Right? He just yeah, like he just like clunks him on the head of the head, and he's just knocked out on the floor. <laughs> I wonder. I wonder what Chris Pratt thought about that and like hey so we're gonna recreate the first Guardians of the Galaxy part um do you remember what you did I'm sure he probably did I'm sure he's yeah. like yeah yeah I remember dance around <laughs> yeah you're just gonna get knocked out and lay down that's gonna be the scene <laughs> I'm sure he's like cool I guess <laughs> uh yeah so yeah that's, that's a good that's so, a good yeah Guardians 1 is number 5 for me um number 4 I'd have to say probably Thor Ragnarok for a lot of the same reasons uh you said for Thor Ragnarok. Nice. Um, and I also like how they, they managed to fit, um, you know, Hulk in there without have him have it feeling like a Hulk movie, you know? Right. And while I do want another Hulk movie for it to be, you know, with uh, Mark Ruffalo, I, I, like, uh, I like how they did that. Kind of made it a buddy movie, you know? Yeah, because I, cause I remember... I remember when they... When I kind of realized that there was going to be another phase, mm-hmm. you know, it's me quoting, quote unquote, phase, <laughs> um, I had heard that there was going to be a completely new Hulk movie with Mark Ruffalo. Mm-hmm. And it was going to be Planet Hulk because that's like one of the, like, the big, more, one of the bigger th- stories. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, okay, cool. And, and then, like, as. As the movies in Phase 2 were coming out, and then Phase 3 was getting announced of what movies were in Phase 3, I was like, okay, like, where's our Planet Hulk movie? Mm -hmm. And uh, what I found when Thor Ragnarok was coming, was about to come out, I found out that uh, they they were using elements of Planet Hulk. they pretty much worked planet hulk into there mm-hmm. they, they switched it around a lot like the main story of planet hulk yeah. but um i like how they did that they fit it in there still yeah well and uh, kind of what you said about you know because i i know even my my little brother also wants another hulk movie mm-hmm. i found out it's because universal who did uh i want to say they did the eric banna hulk movie which is garbage um and I th- want to say, yeah, and I know they did the Incredible Hulk with Edward Norton. Mm-hmm. I found out that they own that Universal Pictures owns the distribution rights to Hulk. See, uh, it's so crazy how how the rights are all split up between a bunch of different people. You know? Yeah. And as Disney is, you know, growing its empire and conquering the whole world, eventually we're gonna have <laughs> all the rights to to everything under Marvel and Disney. Yeah, but because. Because uh, when Marvel first started, they partnered with Paramount. Mm-hmm. And the last Paramount-produced movie was Iron Man 3. Mm-hmm. But by then, Disney had already purchased Marvel. And I think, from what I understand, like when Disney was like, uh, well, we 
we own Marvel now. Yeah. Paramount was pretty much like, yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Take, there's yes, Iron Man. You do own Marvel. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but Universal, on the other hand, was like, no. Like, I think Universal gave them the rights back to the character, mm-hmm. but kept the distribution rights. Yeah. So Universal still gets a slice when the movie is actually distributed. And so, from what I understand, Universal's like, well, we don't. We don't want another Hulk movie. Yeah. And I think with distribution rights, they don't... Those don't go away uh, like like the property rights do. Mm-hmm. You know, like like with the whole thing that happened with Fantastic Four and Fox. Yeah. Is that, you know, I think it's like after seven years, if they don't do anything with that, that property, it gets reverted back. And that's why Fox pooped out the fan four stick. Yeah, that was... I didn't even watch it, but I watched reviews for it, and I'm glad I didn't spend money on watching. I heard it was trash, but uh, but they did that to ensure that they kept the rights. Mm. Um, but I think with distribution rights, they don't go away. Like that. I don't think they go away mm. because you know when me and Ashley went to um, Universal Studios, uh, there was a lot of there's a, there's a whole area in Island of Adventure mm-hmm. that's uh, it's all Marvel themed oh really uh, of course like theme park rights are one thing so that doesn't like affect movies at all but uh, it definitely seemed like they had more Hulk stuff right than other Marvel properties like I mean they had a Spider-Man ride and they had like a, an actual comic book store oh, that, really? that you can go in and they had like signed pictures of like certain cast members so like they had um I remember I really wanted this one, but I didn't have... uh, Well, I had it, but I didn't feel like spending $300 on it. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was a signed poster of Captain America Winter Soldier from Samuel Jackson. Ooh. And so, like, it was one of the specific posters with him on it, Mm -hmm. and he signed it. And, like, they had a lot of those. But, uh, but yeah, anyway, so... That was my thing on distribution rights. Distribution rights, yeah. Um... Where are we at? Thor Ragnarok, number four. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, number three, I'd have to say Iron Man 1. Nice. Um, you know, obviously it's a classic. You can rewatch it anytime. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really liked, um, you know, like I said, I was nine whenever it came out. So, what attracted me to it was the flashiness, you know, mm-hmm. of a. Uh, Tony Stark walking around being a billionaire and doing whatever he wanted to. Yeah. Uh, and I, I love that that persona. And, you know, it was something I noticed in uh, in Endgame. I think I watched this on a YouTube video. But it kind of seems like Tony regressed a little bit from being such, like, a, a caring dad to being, like, kind of, oh, you know, I don't really care. You know what I'm trying to say? Like, his personality kind of went back to what he was acting like in the first Iron Man. Uh, at what part in Endgame? Um, whenever he figured out time travel and they were getting ready to like build the um, the quantum, what is it called? Tunnel. Yeah, the tunnel. Yeah, yeah. He was he was a lot more quippy than you know he was he's always been quippy, but I don't know. It kind of seemed like it was more. Yeah, I could kind of see that. You know that he, you know he he became a dad, but then like once he was with everyone, yeah, he kind of regressed back to his uh billionaire genius playboy philanthropist (laughs) yeah Uh, speaking of Tony becoming a dad they casted Morgan perfectly oh yeah 
I don't know. I love her as a character, and I'd love to see her grow into uh, uh, a bigger character in the MCU. Well, did you know that um, there was a deleted scene in Endgame where after Tony snapped, Mm -hmm. uh, he was going to be sent to like the same kind of realm that Thanos did when Mm -hmm. he saw Gamora? Uh, Yeah, the little... He was like... I don't know if it was confirmed or not, but a lot of people were saying that whenever he did that, he was in the Soul Stone. Yeah, that's, I think that's what it was. Yeah. Um, well, Tony was also going to do that, and he was going to see a grown-up Morgan, and he mm-hmm. was going to talk to a grown-up Morgan. And uh, for whatever reason, that scene got cut. Um, so they casted a grown-up Morgan? Mm-hmm. It was uh, – ooh, I can't, I can't think of her name or what movies uh, she was in um, – but uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm sure like when it comes out on DVD, um, they're gonna have that deleted scene. In it there. was Catherine Langford. I still don't know who that is. Right. Uh, let's see. You know what? Uh, oh, she's in Thirteen Reasons Why. She. Oh, uh, she. Um, what? Hannah. Yeah, is she's Hannah? Hannah. Okay. Yeah, so she was gonna be the older. Um, Oh, like, okay, no, that's like a hundred percent confirmed. I guess she like is Morgan. Yeah, I guess like when 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 it comes out on DVD, we'll be able to see it. So oh, cool. Well, yeah, I'd like to see. I can see her being in the the MCU. Yeah, but I like Morgan as a character, and I, I really think they did a good job with that. Oh yeah. But yeah, number three, um, Iron Man one, cult classic, never going away. <laughs> uh, number two would have to be Winter Soldier. Mm-hmm. So Winter Soldier, I really liked how they did Bucky coming back. Right. Just in general, you know? Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people kind of knew that he was going to come back, you know, Winter Soldier, if you knew the comics, you know? Yeah. But um, it was still surprising enough to people who didn't know that whenever you watched the first Avenger and then watched, you know, Winter Soldiers, you were blown away. I was blown away. Oh, yeah, because, like, that was, like, right before I really started getting into comics again. Mm-hmm. And so I had no idea who the Winter Soldier was. And because I think in all the trailers they showed, I don't think they revealed that it was Bucky. No, I don't think they did either. But I remember sitting in the theater... And, you know, when Steve flips him over his back and his mask falls off, mm-hmm. I was like, okay, what's, you know, who, who, what's this what's guy look like? Here? Yeah. But a part of me at the same time was like, is that Bucky? Because, like, I, so I feel like I have a selective photographic memory. Mm-hmm. But, like, when he takes off his glasses, when, you know, Natasha shoots his glasses mm-hmm. or his goggles, I should say, I was like, the, I was like, those eyes look really familiar. Yeah. Uh, but then, yeah, when he turns around, I was like, I was like, wait, what? Yeah. You know, like, I love the way they handled that. I love the way they handled um, the falling of uh, of Shield. Yeah, you know, uh, I liked. I love Samuel L. Jackson whenever he gets really good screen time by himself. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd love to see a, a Nick Fury movie. Oh yeah. Uh, coincidentally, when I saw uh, Winter Soldier, I saw it with my dad. We came when I was still living with him. Uh, we came home 
and watch the episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. that coincides with Winter Soldier. Mm-hmm. That was really cool, See, too. See, I never saw Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I know it's on Netflix. I need to, I need to get on that. Yeah, it's really good. The first season coincides a lot with other movies. Mm-hmm. But then I think after that... They kind of go on their own little tangent. Yeah, it's its own, it's its own thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, seeing the fall of, uh, of S.H.I.E.L.D. was really cool. Um... I like that last fight scene whenever they're in the the helicarrier and they're fighting. Oh yeah, uh, I think that was handled really well. Um, so yeah, yeah, Winter Soldier. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so your number one movie. My number one movie. Man, I'd have to say Infinity War. Yeah, you know, I I, I like, and I feel like it's kind of a cop out, you know, because it's a newer movie, but I don't. I think that it was the one that like did what everyone thought it wasn't going to do. Yeah. You know? I don't think that anyone expected them to kill off that many characters. And so, to me, that was kind of the most jaw-dropping point in at any point in the MCU. Oh, yeah. That we, we finally saw our heroes lose. Yeah. I mean, Hulk, like, you know, seeing Hulk get beaten so bad, he doesn't come out for the rest of the movie, you know? Yeah. Like, that was crazy. Um... Of course, seeing Peter get dusted is the saddest part. Oh, yeah. That, that <laughs> crushed me. Yeah. Especially when I learned that uh, Tom Holland improvised that. Uh, yeah, that, like falling on him and everything. Yeah. I heard and, about that. Well, and, and I think the line, too. He improvised mm-hmm. the line. But, yeah, that cr- I was like, that hurts even more, knowing that he knew that would work for the scene. Uh, mm-hmm. But, yeah, no, I – yeah, I mean, I, I that yeah – yeah. You know, I fell in love with uh, with uh, with Thanos as a character. You know, mm-hmm. um, I remember after Infinity War, there was a lot of arguments. So, like, did Thanos really do anything bad? Like, of course he did some bad, killed people, whatever. Yeah. But um, his thought process on it, they were they were more um, looking at his ethics of everything rather than mm-hmm. did he kill somebody? You know. Yeah, yeah. Like I watched an interview with Josh Brolin. On uh, the Tonight Show, no, the Late Night, uh, yeah, Late Night with Stephen Colbert, mm-hmm. and he talks about that, and he talks about that, you know, because Stephen Colbert was like, you know, Thanos had all five and all six Infinity Stones, mm-hmm. he could have easily, you know, made the universe bigger. He could have made, you know, more resources. Yeah, he could have done a lot. And Josh Brolin was like, yeah, no, he could have done that. He's like, but the reason why he believes that half the universe shouldn't exist anymore uh, is because his thought process is very callous. He thinks that's the only way. Mm -hmm. The only way to save uh, billions is to kill millions. Mm -hmm. And, uh, And he was like, and that's... He was like, and that's where the difference lies, is that... That it, it's it's just a very callous thought process. Yeah, and instead having, of you know having a villain, um, especially in the MCU, because a lot of the MCU villains are just you know they just want to kill people kind of thing. Like they have their own motivations, but not quite the motivations that Thanos had. You know? Yeah, and he wasn't if he wanted to. Whenever he came to Wakanda to like get the Soul Stone, mm-hmm. he could have murdered everybody there very easily. But really, he just kind of toyed with them. Yeah, he wasn't trying very hard. I think it was. It's even confirmed that he wasn't giving it a hundred percent whenever he got to Wakanda. Yeah, like and and now, kind of thinking about it, like it kind of makes me think of um, 
I'm sure you saw Kingsman. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a good movie. Uh, one of the things that like the director of that movie said is like, you know, we have a villain who doesn't realize that he's a villain. Mm-hmm. You know, Samuel L. Jackson thinks what he's doing is a good thing. A good thing, but to people with you know morality and the you know, moral compass, mm-hmm. it's not good. Like, like triggering anger in people to pretty much kill yeah, everyone. everybody. Yeah. You know, it's it's kind of the same thing as Thanos. You know, that you know to to Tony and to Cap and to pretty much the entire Avengers, what he's doing is wrong. Mm-hmm. But to him, you know, and he even says it to Gamora in Infinity War, you know, I'm the I'm the only one who knows that, or at least the only one willing or with the uh, will strong uh, enough to, to, to do it. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 then when he tells Doctor Strange that what happened to Titan, mm-hmm. you know, I offered a simple solution. He said genocide. And he's like, you know, then what I predicted came to pass. You know, so he thinks what he's doing is right. Mm-hmm. But obviously killing half the half of living creatures is not okay. Yeah. And I mean, I think that they just handled Thanos and really the whole movie really great. Like, they could have really dropped the ball on it. And I think they did... Exactly as good, even better than I thought they were going to. You know. Oh yeah, and I think um, how they would have dropped the ball is if they did the the original ending. Did because did you know that the snap was actually saved for was supposed to be saved for Endgame? I didn't. So it was supposed to be. Um, from what I understand, like it was supposed to be Thor still was going to throw Stormbreaker and mm-hmm. get Thanos and then right before he snapped it was going to cut to black oh no and that's how the movie was going to end but I want to say the Russo brothers said their editor convinced them other, otherwise to put the snap in Infinity War yeah and I, I think that's how they could have dropped the ball because yeah then, if they would have left on that big cliffhanger and let that stew for literally a year like yeah. one year yeah that would have sucked. Yeah, I think I think everyone had been like, so what happened? Like, yeah. did everyone die? Did they not? Did you know what happened? Um, I, <laughs> I just uh, I just thought of this. What was your whole opinion of the whole Ant Man up Thanos's butt theory? Man, I didn't start watching that or like <laughs> hearing about that really until right before Endgame came out. Like, I know it was a pretty big meme for a while, but. Do you know Game Theory did a video on it? Oh, my God. Not Game Theory. Uh, film Theory. You know, their, their sister channel or whatever. Yeah. Um, oh, my God. <laughs> like, talking about how uh, since Thanos is, like, stronger than a normal human, uh-huh. like, his his force punch, or the, the force that he can put into a punch uh, equals, you know, whatever. They did a lot of math. Uh-huh. Um, they're basically saying that his bowels would be really, really hard to rupture. <laughs> And so, and then they did the the science, you know, whenever Scott was uh, expanding because his, like, regulator was broken in Ant-Man and the Wasp, Uh he expanded in the school, but he, like, got stuck, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. What they were predicting is that if he tried to expand inside of Thanos, that he, like, Thanos' bowel would just crush him. He would die. (laughs) Really? Yeah. And I, I, I thought that was such a funny theory. Well, and it didn't help that the that the Russo brothers were also like fucking with people. Yeah, because I saw like I was on Instagram, 
and I was looking through like the discover page, you know, mm-hmm. and I saw something about that. And they're like, yeah, even the directors are in on this. I was like, no way. And so, like, I'm scrolling through, like, the multiple picture on this post. (laughs) And their Instagram photo was, like, of a Venn diagram. So, you know, a circle and a circle. And someone had enhanced the picture. And what it was, the Venn diagram was painted purple. It's at Thanos' left butt cheek, Thanos' right butt cheek. And right where, like, the Venn diagram overlaps, Mm -hmm. they put a picture of... Ant-Man. Oh, my gosh. And oh, and it was so the, the post was like, yeah, even the directors are in on this. I was like, there's no way. So I actually went to their Instagram page and, like, and, like zoomed in as much in. as I could on their profile picture. And, yeah, sure enough, like, oh my gosh. that was it. <laughs> uh, and, uh, oh, and even that Screen Rant video, they, they make that joke, too. When uh, So they get to the part where, like, so the writer's like, and Doctor Strange is going to look at Tony and he's going to be like... I'm holding up a one, by the way. And uh, the executive is like, oh, that one uh, theory of Ant-Man going up Thanos? He was like, what? No, that this is the one that they win. <laughs> yeah, oh, I'm, that, was, uh, that was funny. I'm so glad that um, that, that was not a viable theory. Yeah. <laughs> like, it was a funny meme, but I was just like... Like first of all, what a way why? to ruin like a, a an awesome run of movies. I know. know? Like, and uh, have you heard of Jack's films before on yeah. YouTube? So he did. He he. Uh, have you watched his series of videos called Yai? Like yesterday, I asked you. No. Uh, it was a. Uh, welcome back to me talking about Jack's films. Um, it's like the series of videos he does where he he, he asks a question to the audience, mm-hmm. and then the next day he uh, answers the questions okay. or, or reads the answers to the question or whatever. And one of the times he asks, like, uh, what are your predictions for Endgame? And, um, or no, what, what are your... Um, predictions for the after credit scene mm-hmm. which if anyone hadn't seen Endgame yet uh, I apologize for this long spoiler but uh, there is no after credit scene um, the sound though yeah. you gotta stick around for the sound yes uh, anyway so one of the people was like it's a homemade video of the Russo brothers apologizing for sticking Ant-Man up Thanos' butt <laughs> and so Jack like like kind of acts like it. He's like, you know, we are so sorry that we tainted the Marvel Universe. (laughs) And yeah, I, that would have just ruined, I would have, I wouldn't have walked out of the theater, but I would have been like, okay, well, this is a show now, right? Like, way to, way to end Marvel, Marvel. Yeah, that would have been, that would have been awful, but it's a really funny theory. You know what I always thought? Hmm. Why, like, even last, last night whenever I was watching Endgame again, Whenever Peter gives uh, Captain Marvel the Infinity Gauntlet, why doesn't she just wield it? See, someone else asked me that. You know, because, I mean, if, if Hulk is physically the strongest one that can take it, and Hulk, like, definitely got two-pieced by Thanos, mm-hmm. Captain Marvel should be more than strong enough because she took, like, a full-on headbutt by Thanos and didn't flinch. That was you know? dope, too. Yeah. That was super dope. I mean, Thanos literally had to use the Power Stone by himself to like, get her off you know? of it. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. That is, I mean, I don't know. Well, I mean, it's also the same question of like, why were they trying to get the th- uh, infinity stones back to where they were right in that then, moment? Right. They like, could have put it anywhere else. That see that I would say out of the, t- out of any qualm I have with the movie of Endgame, mm-hmm. game, 
One of them, of course, being that Captain Marvel was completely underused. Yeah. And second of all, why the hell were they trying to do it right then and there? Yeah. Like, I don't know why Cap made the call. Like, get it over to him now. Yeah, get it over to the van. Like, you like, could have waited until they, like, until... Like, you were 100% certain Thanos and his armies weren't getting up and then done it. Yeah. But I don't know. Maybe. But I guess, I mean, if uh, if he didn't make the call, the, the gauntlet wouldn't have eventually gotten over to Tony. And Tony wouldn't have been able to snap again. You know, so that would have been... It might have been one of the, um, the futures that Doctor Strange saw where they didn't win. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Um, well, let's see. And, like, kind of... I guess kind of to kind of wrap everything up, uh, you know, we were talking about Infinity War, and now actually seeing Endgame, you know, because one of the biggest questions that a lot of people were left with after Infinity War was, mm-hmm. you know, Doctor Strange said that he would let Tony and Peter die if it came between them or the Time Stone, mm-hmm. and but then he willingly relinquished the Time Stone. Yeah. Uh, you know, so a lot of people was like, well, what does that mean? Like, what happened to, I won't hesitate to let you, either of you die. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think, you know, now that we've seen Endgame, it makes sense, like, Tony had to live. Yeah. Because I think he realized if, well, looking at his, the, the what was it, 14 million futures? Or 14 six? million, like, yeah, it was, it was a little more than 14 million. Yeah. Uh, I think he realized that... Uh, that Tony had to survive. Yeah. Like, if they did it any other way, uh, if Tony not surviving, then, yeah, they weren't going to win. Mm-hmm. But if Tony survived, then he knew that they would But my whole thing is... My other thing, too, is why couldn't he tell Tony, like, what had to happen if this was the one they were going to win? Yeah. I mean, I don't think if he told Tony... I don't. I don't know. My thing is like maybe if he told Tony, "Hey, you're gonna have to get the gauntlet at some point and snap at Thanos or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. snap it away." Um, Tony might have changed his strategy to try to go towards the uh, the gauntlet more, and that could have inadvertently messed some things up. You maybe, know? yeah, yeah. Because if he just let it naturally happen, where Tony, uh, you know, Tony was the last one standing to get yeah. the gauntlet. See, because I think. Um, I watched and it was like a, a clip of an interview um, where the Russo brothers were answering like big questions about Endgame mm-hmm. and they were like why did Tony have to die what's the deal and their answer was he was the closest to Thanos like that's the whole reason and you know his tech that he had where he can pretty much make an infinity gauntlet on the fly yeah but yeah that was uh that was also that, that was the only that that was my only other question about the movie is how did he get all six Infinity Stones off? Yeah, because it kind of seemed like you know they were a little harder to pull off of that, you know. Yeah, we because we just saw Thanos pull the uh, uh, Power Stone off he like had to jerk it, you yeah, know. He was just like, but then Tony like gets both of his hands on it and then he just slips them off. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe he used the nanobites in his suit to like. Yeah, maybe I, mean, I don't know. That makes sense. I don't know. But, I mean, you know what? Ten, ten years worth of filmmaking, and it's it's hard to believe it's... I mean, it's quote-unquote done. Yeah, like this the, the story Infinity line. Saga. Right? Yeah, yeah, the Infinity Saga. Um, so I guess before we uh, kind of wrap it all up, mm-hmm. what would you say is 
kind of like your predictions for the future of Marvel. Like, yeah, do you have any characters that you hope that they'll introduce? Uh, you know, I think that um, they kind of teased it a little bit in Black Panther. Um, Moon, not Moon Knight, um, the White Wolf. Uh, Bucky being the White Wolf. Oh, yeah. Uh, I can see him coming in. Uh, I don't know how they're going to handle that because I think in the white uh, in the comics, White Wolf is like uh, Black Panther's like nemesis or something like that, enemy. I don't okay. know if they're friends. Um, I'd like to see that happen because I'd like him to just stop being like Bucky with a gun. You know, I'd like to see him, mm-hmm. I don't know, take a mantle or something. Yeah. Uh, I already said earlier I'd like to see Morgan... Morgan Stark come in and, and really be a, a character. Yeah. I'd like to see Rescue be used more. Uh, Pepper Potts, you know? Yeah. I liked her in, in Endgame, so I think having a Rescue storyline would be cool. Uh, you know, they're gearing up for Captain Marvel to be one of the big hitters, and I think another big hitter is going to be Doctor Strange. Mm-hmm. So, I, you know, I'm looking forward to the next Doctor Strange installment. Yeah. And seeing what they do with that. I would say the only character I'm really... Really hoping that they do, and you kind of, kind of briefly said it uh, is Moon Knight. Moon uh, Knight, yeah, I absolutely love Moon Knight. He's a very underrated character in the Marvel uh, universe, um, and they they gave him a resurgence, which I like because he used to be a villain, mm-hmm. and then they made him into a hero. Uh, but I could really see, I could really see a lot with that, like. I won't lie, I've thought about it quite a lot, how they could do it. I think I think a really good way to how, how they could introduce him is obviously give him an origin movie, mm-hmm. but maybe maybe have this be one of the few times that Tony, that they have Robert Downey Jr. come back and do a cameo, do a cameo. Yeah. where he tried to recruit Moon Knight. Maybe a long time ago, like for, maybe for Civil War or something. Mm-hmm. But he declines because, you know, in the in the comics, Moon Knight is a mercenary. Well, he, he's a former Marine turned mercenary uh, before he gets his powers. And that, that would just be really interesting because at the same time, and maybe this is just me wanting to hold on to the cast from the Marvel shows, mm-hmm. you know, Daredevil, Luke Cage, yeah. that they could on Disney Plus make a new Defenders show and bring back those actors to play yeah. those characters but have Moon Knight be their leader and that could kind of be like like to kind of keep his story going mm-hmm. that way people still get Moon Knight but you know you don't have to wait two three years for another Moon Knight movie right or something I would also I also think it's I think it would be really interesting to see Moon Knight and Captain Marvel kind of butt heads a little bit mm-hmm. just because you know she was in the air force and he was a marine yeah that would be kind of cool but and, you know something i saw um you know with with captain marvel is they're kind of building a relationship slowly with a uh, with rody yeah i think in the comics you know there there's something um i like to see that fleshed out a little bit you know i, I feel like while Rhodey got time as War Machine and everything, you know, like screen time, mm-hmm. I feel like I like to see his character develop a little bit more. Yeah. Well, I think that uh, about wraps everything up. Um, I hope everyone enjoyed me and George uh, talking about Marvel. If you haven't seen Endgame yet, once again, uh, I do apologize 
that we pretty much talked about the whole movie, but... I don't apologize. It was your fault. You should have seen it by now. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, the directors did lift the spoiler ban, so it was okay for us to talk about it. Um, We hope you enjoyed the episode, and see everyone next week. Thank you.